You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 149 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Jaden. Hello. And Brett. Hey, I'm also here. Yeah, good job, everybody. See you next week. Yep, we did it. (laughs) We did really, really good. Uh, Yeah, we're going to just kick this bad boy off. Is there news? What's news? Obviously, there's a CID update, but is there any other news? Yeah, we've got a drawing to talk about. Oh, we're just going straight into that. All right. Why (laughs) not? We really don't want to forget. Yeah, we really <laughs> don't want to fair. forget. That's <laughs> fair. Okay, sure. Jaden and Brett are really hyped on getting this raffle done, so I guess yeah. we're going to go ahead and get it done. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, through our uh, Patreon, we don't have anything that we lock behind or anything like that. We kind of refer to it's, it's our tip jar. However, we do like to have a raffle every quarter, uh, which is just like a little fun thing that we can do randomly for people who support us on that. Uh, if you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Uh, but uh, we have three different tiers on there. <clears throat> How it works is there is a... They all have names, but I always forget what they are. There's a $1 per podcast Trooper, Warjack, tier. and Warcaster. Thank you. So the Trooper tier uh, is... Yeah, it's $1 per podcast that we post. Uh, it's typically four to five a month. Um, and then... Uh, sorry, you said it was Warjack, then Warcaster? Yep. I'm I'm a god. I even made them up, and yep. it's just been so long at this point. Yep. Uh, the Warcaster tier being three dollars per episode. Uh, Warjack, whatever. <laughs> fuck my life. The Warjack one being three dollars per episode, and the Warcaster being eight dollars per episode. And what we've done is uh, every quarter we do a raffle with those, uh, with everybody who is in those, and you randomly can win some things. <clears throat> so for the Trooper tier, uh, what this one is is you can basically request from us a uh, like small based uh, blister, like single model solo blister uh, yep. that we will basically order and have shipped to you. Um, and the person who has won that one is Mr. Nathan Howard. Woo. Thank you, Nathan. Woo. Yep. Yeah. So you just need to, uh, well, I'll go over what you need to do once we've done all three of them. Uh, the, <clears throat> our middle tier, which is our uh, Warjack tier. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This one, conveniently for being the Warjack tier, is for any of the kind of um, like non-character uh, multi-kit type Warjack or Warbeasts. Uh, so like the Warpwolf kit or you know any of those things. Um, we're not going to be any better at finding you a Toro kit than anybody else these days. Oh, hey, no, they're, they're buyable from I, the private store. I know, store. yeah, they, they've actually got them <laughs> showing up. Uh, our winner for that one is Nathan Keeney, who has been with us for a super long time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. Uh, and our uh, Warcaster tier is, it's kind of the same as the uh, Trooper tier in that you can pick a like small-based uh, solo Warcaster whatever blister. Uh, however, you get to choose one of us to paint it for you to your specifications. <laughs> I love that we always say that. <laughs> oh, I'm giving them the option. <laughs> I have hey, an airbrush now. <laughs> yeah, if you <laughs> if you want some of uh, Brett's sick OSL, <laughs> if you want OSL, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and uh, the one who has won that one is uh, Grant Gerstner. This Thanks, one, Grant. 
Yeah. Take so care, I'll do it. Make me do it. I'll yeah. do it. I've never done one. I know. Neither me nor Brett have ever done one of these. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, someday we'll get it. Someday. <laughs> Eventually. Um. Yeah. Uh. So what? Yeah. What the three of you guys need to do is just uh shoot. You can shoot any of the three of us a message, or uh, send us a message via the Patreon. You can send us an email. Uh, to lsormohards at gmail, uh, just whatever way you want to get a hold of us. Um, yeah, send us a message on our Facebook you can page. Also, yeah, you can also message the Line of Sight Facebook page, anything like that. Uh, we basically just need to know like what you want and where to send it. Uh, where to send it. Yep. And in the case of the the Warcaster tier, you're going to need to talk to whoever you want to have paint the thing. You're going to need to talk to them about how you want it done, basically, yep. and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah. So well, that's that knocked out. Is there any other non-CID news? That I uh, they oh. showed a really cool little tutorial of uh, Angel Geraldes painting Warcaster stuff on his uh, Instagram. Private Press shared that around. <laughs> nice. That's pretty nifty. Is that nice. the one where like you can easily do this as long as you have the best airbrush in the line and a thousand dollars of experience? Yeah, that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Angel Angel Geraldes painting your stuff is kind of a double-edged sword because it's going to look incredible, but it's also going to look so beyond anybody's ability to actually do. Yeah, he was, he was the Infinity Painter for a long time, right? Yeah, 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 that's where he yeah so that I always tell people that where it's like, yes, the Infinity models look great. Infinity models look, look incredible on the figure. Yeah, yours will never look like that. <laughs> some people's do. Some people are very, yeah, very some, good painters. But some people have taken that challenge and been like, hold my beverage, watch yeah, me. Yeah. As if Infinity models do one thing well, it's take a really good paint job extremely well, and he yeah. has. Uh, he has definitely been the, yeah. the person spreading that for a long time. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot else going on right this moment. It's outside the CID stuff. Uh, Doug spoiled been... that he's sculpting something, quote, huge for Infernals on well, Minority Report. <clears throat> it's good to know Doug's handling it, but I would have expected that. So, yep. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been a little sick, so I'm trying not to make flummy noises. It's Fair difficult. Enough. I'm trying my best. Yep. Uh, okay, so we wanted to talk a little bit. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the CID. Uh, so we are into the uh, week three uh, update for Retribution. Quote, unquote, since we are two, uh, one week and one day into it. Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah, sure. From yesterday. Yeah, it's just, yeah, whatever. Um, so I was like, a week and a day into the week three rules they came out it says yesterday Jaden. what are you talking about <laughs> i was like oh into the cid that makes into more the sense. cid yep uh so let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that changed so uh defenders of ios uh got a lara one that's such a big deal for that team force is it really uh, oh yeah they have no pathfinder <laughs> outs for their infantry at all oh my god <laughs> none like zero literally zero aside from casters and this is so, this is forges, right? So this is the one that has um, the unit of Arcanists. So no, 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 no. She was already defenders. in forges. This is defenders. Oh, okay. defenders. This is where okay. every unit in the freaking universe is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like Alara one. I think she's. I she's, too. she's yeah. She's got a she's got a lot of potential. She's a very cool model. I think the ghost walk change is really smart too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think she's gonna be. I think you're definitely gonna play her. I think you're gonna play like a Gorgon or a Harpy. And you're just going to be like, and this unit charges through this house. And this Warjack <laughs> charges through this house. And be like, get wrecked. Meanwhile, I've got a super repositioning uh, Hydra or Gorgon because um, her, sp her speed of death spell is insane. It's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, and I, I would like that because I think 
I think Galar is a really cool model, and I want yes. her to see more play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Sphinx, uh, the Rune Spear Cannon, went up to range twelve. This is important because range ten guns on Warjacks are mopey, uh, especially when their job is to increase the range of spells. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, the yeah. power of their gun? Twelve. Okay, so they get a Hankin's not a bad gun to have. No, it's it's perfectly reasonable. At least I think it's twelve. Let me make sure I'm getting that right before I, you know, get it wrong. It is. Any much typing. Yep, much typing. You get it on two thirds of us. Uh, See, okay. and I didn't get a count keyboard because I love my I love listeners. That's yeah, you're, you're I have nice. my my uh, my. Yeah, yeah. My streaming setup, I've been able to put a bunch of filters into it, so you actually can't hear my keyboard, but I don't know how to do that on this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'll it's about 12. Out eventually. Um, how, and this this is a Warjack that's, like, I think legitimately quite good. Um, now, it's 13 points. It's got a POW 17 and a POW 15 box stick, <laughs> one of those reach, um, which means that with the Arcanist, they're 19 and 17, respectively. That's really good for a 13-point yeah, heavy. 13 points is great. And they're mat. Six rat six? Now? Six rat six, yeah. Yeah, that's a good Which yeah. is fine. And they have 32 boxes, looks like. Yeah. So 12, 19, 32 boxes. Perfectly respectable stat line. Yeah. And uh, they also, like, the psychic relay is really interesting for a lot of things. Like, so you can't take them in forges because they're dire. Right. Um, but you can take them everywhere else. And, like, that's really good for Hunter's Mark. It's good for offensive spells like um, Gore Shade or uh, Assyria. Really right. enjoy that. Um, so I think it's got some worth, some merit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a, you know, range 12, pot 12, magical gun that never sucks yeah. either. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Daemon, uh, Vortex Cannon got reload one. I'm so what excited. A, what a good rule. I mean, this is the Hellmouth gun, right? This is the Hellmouth gun. Yeah. So this, so red is now the Hellmouth faction. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Which is a yeah, good place I'm, to be, let me tell you. I'm very, very, very excited about this change. Because I love the daemon, like, conceptually. But Rare to Fire 1 <laughs> is real mopey on that. Reload is just excellent. Right. So Yeah, very nice. Uh, the Manticore got some minor changes, nothing important. So, <laughs> um, so, the... <laughs> uh, so the Manticore, Force Generator ability now reads, This model gains plus two strength and does not require focus to use. Uh, so basically what this kind of reads as is that it has plus two strength unless it's generator uh, is busted. Basically dead, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like this kind of a design for generators a lot more, yes. that it's just a passive thing, and if it breaks, like, you lose it, you get and worse. it can be repaired. Yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense to me. So, and this also so, makes the Manticore extremely versatile. Yeah, so it's PS17 base now, basically, um, on two two initials, which is amazing. Right. It's a speed six, mat seven chassis, which is just like fantastic. And then it's got a covering fire hand cannon gun. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like if, if none of these things are relevant, it's it's got covering fire. Right. Which is just one of the best defensive rules in the game and highly relevant into a lot of the meta right now. Right, which means like it's right now, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be effective in armor, especially with any kind of strength buffs, which turns out Gret can do. Uh, it does. And also it does <laughs> does do, yeah. And then it's also going to be useful into like single wood infantry, yeah, yeah, uh, below a certain armor value, but most single wood infantry. <clears throat> yeah, like uh, anything 
armor 18 and below has to look at that covering fire template real real cautiously before yeah. committing um which is most of it right exactly yeah most yeah most troops yeah so i got to play a pair of these guys with gareth one today and it is a blast it sounds i got to kill a, a blockader on bottom of two with guns oh my god <laughs> and then and then protect the dawn guard tridents that that did that with covering fires from the manticores the legion of lost souls gonna get at it uh, seems pretty all right it was it was glorious yeah. yeah, it turns out when your caster's like, I place two, I walk up with Arcane Secrets, I cast Crippling Grasp on your Colossal, and then I gate crasher back behind my wall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, next one down is the Rissovas Defenders, one of the best-looking units in Ret. Uh, increase units armor to 16, and swap steady for defensive line. <clears throat> I like these. They have, um, do they have Wall of Steel? No. No? Okay. Just defensive line. Gotcha. Okay. And only now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's like that's a stat line. Yeah, as long as they don't get last word back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're so have, weird. They still have last breath or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, they haven't changed him yet. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I they were just so annoying with last word. <laughs> yeah. But I think so I think this is a this is a good way to differentiate them, right? They're they're now much, much harder to kill. Right. And they're they're like oddly the 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 weapon master unit is the least killy of the melee infantry that Red gets to bring in the steam force. Oh, in the steam force, yeah. Because uh, like if you look, because well, yeah, the other ones are like pal fifteen with gay. Yeah, if you're comparing them <laughs> yeah. to the halberdiers, they're coming in at pal fourteen. If you're comparing them to Risavas, they're coming in at pal fourteen. If you compare them to sorry, not Risavas, Eloirs. If you compare them to um the uh the wardens, they come in at pal fifteen, I think. Yep. Just yep. like big bunch of murder boys. Oh, also, um, unrelated, but Stormfall Archers and that theme forest continue to just be incredible for me. Good. At seven points is fantastic. But yeah, I, I like that this is the um, CID of models you forgot were in red, but are actually really, really good. No, I never forgot they existed because <laughs> these are the models got destroyed, like destroyed me repeatedly when yeah, I was learning to play the game. That's, that's Jade and I both from the same person, I believe. From the same person. The same <laughs> stupid blue and purple retribution models just like yeah. heartlessly taking my things off the table from I have one of those models. Away. I have one of those models in my house, actually. He left it here yeah. forever ago and I never got it back to. Yeah, just a random halberdier. Um, yeah, no, Jade, Jade and I have, like, a very distinct feeling towards Retribution, I think, just based <laughs> on our, our early time learning the game. And yeah, yep. Stormfall Archers just, just shredding. Yeah, I've always, thought, I've always thought they were pretty good. They just need, they take some finesse to use. Um, yeah. They're really good if Gareth won two turns out. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, the House Eloir Wardens got a set defense. I, it's a fine change. It doesn't fix their problem. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Is they, yeah. So what I think what they're trying to do is make it so that they're like the stand in a zone unit. Yeah. Which you got to be really good to do. I feel like they have to be looking at a unit like this and just going like, I don't want to give another heavy infantry unit vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like they I just would, yeah. I would take like battle driven or I would take like hyper regeneration or I'd give them what about some sort guard? of pardon me? Shield guard. I mean sure. <coughs> That'd be battle interesting. Driven. And it's, um, it's based on their blade shield. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't know. So here's here's my problem with these guys now. They're 14 points. The new Manticore is 14 points. I'm never buying a unit of these over a Manticore. Well, and if the Elwer Swordsmen are playable, they're also around that. They're 16, I think. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know. They look really cool, and their solos are nuts. Yeah. So yeah, the other one is the uh, the Executioner. He bumped up to a point cost six. Um, this guy has a lot of attacks. <laughs> well, and yeah, and normally the point cost on a on a solo isn't that relevant, but it's definitely relevant for him because he's FA like a billion. Yeah, FA yep. four. So you can't requisition all of them, and you want all of them because you you sure do want are, all of them. These things are really nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so many four like. Two melee attacks, two guns, and dual attack on a solo. And is so many attacks. And cleave, yeah. It's and so chain many attack. And chain attack. <clears throat> yeah, chain attack, vortex blast. Like, this guy can kill so much shit, and you got four of them. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's wonderful. And they're durable as all heck, too. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Felsier uh, has, yeah. like, a lot of text. <laughs> they're trying something new that I appreciate and actually inspired this episode. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay, so Felsir has swapped her ability paying the price for uh oh, sorry, spell uh for force hammer. Yep. Uh which is a good spell. It it's is. Nice to have. Especially um, in a faction with as good arc nodes as this one. Yep. <clears throat> and then her uh, melee weapon gained paying the price. Which is once per turn when this weapon damages an enemy model. After the attack is resolved, you can place a bounty token on an enemy model slash unit within ten inches of Felsir. So basically, like you have to you have to do something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is the is the deal here? Isn't there a second part where they just advance into your control or within some number of inches of you, and you can also put a token on them? That's a different part. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, she gained the ability uh, springing the trap. So this is once per turn when an enemy model slash unit advances and ends its movement in this model's control range. You can place a bounty token on that model slash unit. Uh, so again, you have to do something. Right. And there are a lot of ways you can kind of work around. Like, where does she want the tokens? Where do I? What units am I going to move first to try to get her to get tokens on those things? There's uh, decisions gun, to make. Gun, gun, gun. Gun units or things like holding flags on their side of the table are now not mm-hmm. going to get bounties as often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is probably good. Um, I still think Falter Courage is probably too good. I. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. still hate Unstoppable existing, but I, look, if she's F twelve, it's fine. Yeah, but she's not Brett. <laughs> Maybe I'll take this one too. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, like we said, these changes to her have kind of informed some of the stuff that we want to talk about today. Because uh, this is actually a pretty interesting uh, topic to play around with. So, I think we can kind of jump into it. Yeah. So, what we want to talk about today is counterplay. Yeah. This is something that comes up a lot. And I think it's actually kind of interesting that we haven't like done a deep dive on like what counterplay means <laughs> um because it's actually really important to a lot of discussion about power level and, and i think it's, it's a very game designing topic it's, it's a very not. game designing topic and i also think it's like it, it's very very tied into the power level of a lot of models in a way that is very difficult to talk about <laughs> um 
yeah, because it, there's there's a remarkable amount of times where where we'll come across things where we'll call something too powerful, and there is a very distinct difference between it being because it has no counterplay or just because its numbers are too high mm-hmm. or something like that. Like there's a lot of um, well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So like there are two ways that a model can be fair. Either its numbers are fine, or um, you can play around it in a way that makes it okay. It, yes, yeah, it can be right. mitigated. Yeah. And so so that, that's basically that's basically the whole topic we're going to be talking about today is that yeah. one sentence. <laughs> yeah. So counterplay itself, uh, we've kind of given it a, a general sort of vague definition. Is basically this is the ability to react to what your opponent does as opposed to uh, things that are basically unstoppable and that you are unable to do anything about. That's unstoppable is a very carefully chosen word there. (laughs) (laughs) They are a really big part of, like, counterplay in general is a really big part of what makes uh, War Machine a very, very interesting game. And a lot of, like, the most, um, I guess, sort of, I'm trying to find exactly the right word, but the, a lot of games that are generally kind of considered like competitive in that they can be extremely strategic and have a very high skill ceiling. Exactly. Yeah. Skills are, are just yeah, that. are often based around the fact that there is a lot of ability to counterplay mm-hmm. and, and that as many things in the game are as possible are designed with the ability to counter them in mind. Now, everything, like most, most things, I'm not going to say everything, most things uh, you can go to like a very, very baseline level of counterplay, which is like, positioning position right. like kill the thing <laughs> yeah like well like yeah so for example a speed six two inch melee uh model that kills anything it hits anything it hits dies instantly the counterplay is to not be within 11 inches of it now is that great counterplay no maybe maybe not but it, it that is the counterplay to it there's a thing you can do to not die to that right that is just a that is a very general kind of example of what like counterplay to something might be but war machine is an extremely complicated game (laughs) and uh that counter like what constitutes counterplay from one thing to another gets increasingly convoluted beyond just stay out of its threat range and and i think this is a point i forgot to bring up in my notes but i think it's very relevant is that counterplay is very much on a sliding scale Mm. where like the more counterplay you have the more powerful it's allowed to be yes yeah. Yeah. The easier it is to counterplay, the the, the stronger the baseline thing can be. Yep. Yeah. So, what is actually like good about counterplay? For one, it allows you like this. This is a as especially a primarily kind of one v one, very social game. Um, this is kind of where the back and forth comes from. This is the the it it comes down to making a lot of decisions exactly. and a lot of risk management. So you know how we always disagree with people who say that the game is won or lost at um, list choice. Mm-hmm. Counterplay is a very big reason why that's not true. Yeah. So yeah, and it's if you're interested. In, sorry. I was gonna say, and it's why we are very vocal and complain when something does not have effective counterplay, which we'll yeah. talk about. But yeah. <laughs> well, and. And it's also important to point out that the reason we're we are so in favor of counterplay is because we like heavily skill-based games, and yep. counter counterplay is one of the reasons that games become highly skill-based. You see it in fighting games, you see it in RTSs, you see it in MOBAs all the time. Right, and and like what yeah what we've got on here is it, it makes players feel more involved with the outcome of the game. You feel like 
it was your choices and your skill that got you to whatever the outcome of the game was. Now, there's always random elements in the nature of like games like tabletop games. I, I think there have to be. But um, you generally want it that like the uh, counterplay is a big part of what lets you like actually make the decisions that lead to whether or not you won or lost. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a well-designed game. in a well-designed game. Yes, that's always a dream. And I mean, you see things and this is this is a thing is that this is very much a facet of War Machine. And there's plenty of other games that, that do have this um, And it's in varying amounts and it's not for everybody. <laughs> Uh, everybody's kind of got different amounts of like counterplay that they sort of want to be available into the game because the more counterplay you have, the more kind of crunchy the game will tend to get. And it does become much more complicated and uh, a lot like just the, the skill like floor and ceiling, like go wildly different in games that have an enormous amount of counterplay. Um, Yeah. So like I, I want to emphasize that while we love counterplay, it's not the best for every game. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, and it does like from a, you know, we've talked about this kind of a game design thing. Can't like counterplay just straight up in game design. Like you kind of, I think you kind of have to, well, you have to make the decision of how much you want there to to be. Right. Uh, Because kind of by its nature, adding counterplay to things makes them weaker. Yep. And so if you want really cool, powerful stuff, a lot of the time, the easiest way to do it is to find a way to reduce its counterplay. And, that becomes the balancing factor of are we okay with this or not, right? Yeah, Colossals are a really good example of this, I think. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, they can't be pushed, they can't be slammed, they can't be knocked down, they can't be thrown, they can't be placed. Um, they get don't a get to lot move of outside of, their out of the resources you put into them. Like they've got, they've got a lot of good things to them. Right. But uh, they also have a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, that, that they have that they have to deal with, um, and obviously the the high cost uh, is mm-hmm. a thing. Um, so I want to give. I I was thinking about examples of like things that just did not allow for good counterplay today, mm-hmm. and there there are definitely some Mark Three things. But if you want to see some really dark times of limited <laughs> counterplay you bump back to to good old mark two yep um there's a couple there's a, there's a few huge examples of this <clears throat> but i think actually a, a a kind of decent example of like where counterplay really went off the rails was i'm not sure which one to pick either Haley or denegra two <laughs> Oh, Denegra 2 is a great example. Yeah, I think Denegra 2 is a really good one. Yeah. So Denegra 2, her whole thing, I'm going to explain a little bit, and this this will take a minute because it's a little complicated why it was such a thing. But (laughs) especially because I need to explain the environment because not everybody was playing at this time. Um, So Mark 2, scenarios were much more centralized, much easier to score on, generally speaking. Yep. the uh, steamroller had you just win if you got two five points. You didn't have to be up by five. Um, and uh, yeah. So also back then, uh, casters all had theme forces that were specifically designated to them. Uh, each caster had like one or more theme forces that specifically they had. Um, that most of like, them were garbage. N- like ninety percent of them were terrible, and a few of them were like meta bending. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody remembers World War and Elemental. That other word is evolutionary elementalism. Yeah, yeah that one. Like R- fist runes of war. Runes of war. Yeah, there was whatever, like whatever Veil's thing was. You could well, yeah. cause. I yeah. think it was oracles. Um. 
you can cause fun little uh, bouts of like PTSD in Mark II players by saying certain names and and uh, yeah. Um, anybody who played World War just like you immediately just start seeing rings and tokens float through your mind. <laughs> such a oh my gosh! The first time um, I was playing that, it was just like it's impossible to maintain a board state playing that theme. It was wild. Um, it's certainly impossible to maintain a legal board state because you weren't allowed yeah. to use spaces like you are now so did yeah. ever two ended up with a theme force called body and soul and i think what was funny is body and soul had actually been around for a while if i remember correctly it was it it took a long time for people to realize that it was like bored this is kind of the <laughs> theme of mark two to be yeah. honest yeah there was and a I lot think... yeah, that's like fist of a lock had been around forever too and, and so was ee yeah. and I, I think honestly the reason for that is because frankly the internet wasn't really the place to discuss war machine yet yeah uh so uh denegra 2 had a theme force called body and soul and the funny thing about this theme force is i do feel like if you just like glance at the the models that were in it i can understand why people were like well this is kind of garbage like it was a lot of like cephalix it was only stuff. cephalix yeah only cephalix before cephalix got any of their cool stuff yeah so there, it, was it was like yeah it was just bad cephalix, cephalix stuff. <laughs> yeah it's just really bad cephalix stuff uh and then i believe it also had death jack in it and, right. and then I, obviously Nightmare was in it because that's, that's Denegra's. And um, it was just kind of this general like mess of a theme force. It didn't look great. However, it had one specific benefit that on top of some inherent problems Denegra 2 had at the time kind of broke the game when it got discovered. Uh, it had a benefit that allowed her to start with her upkeeps on the table. Which now this is our first common. yeah now this is our first example of where counterplay starts going off the rails with this theme because now there are themes that let you start with your upkeeps in play now however there are no themes that let you start with your upkeeps on enemy models in play yep body and soul allowed you to do this yep. now she has some pretty nasty debuffs um she had like marked for death stuff like that very very good however the big one that was a huge problem is she had pursuit yep <laughs> and now, pursuit Probably never had Pursuit cast on you. This yeah, spell is per bonkers. Yeah, Pursuit is incredible in the situations it's incredible in. It's it's it can be hard to make the best use of, but boy, when you when it hits you, it's very very nasty. So Pursuit uh, is you it's an upkeep that you have on an enemy model. If that model slash unit makes an advance, uh, then uh, one of the models in Denegra's battle group got to immediately make a full advance. Uh huh. <clears throat> so you got to start with that. So this is where this is where we start talking about counterplay. Um, there is no counterplay to just starting the game with their upkeeps on you. There there is a slight one, well, but there, there's it, no like there's no like play you can make with the models you have in play, which is really a, a decision right. you need to make. Yeah, and the only thing that you could do was have some kind of upkeep out within, and some factions had extremely easy access to that in the form of Iris Two. Some factions had nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. I was just screwed. Yeah. Circle player, it was a pain in the ass to deal with. You were forced into Braticus. Yeah. And exactly. even then I screwed it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there were a number of factions that had literally no decent way to deal with this. Like, upkeep outs were not quite as easy. Uh, also, IRS2 could only be in one of your two lists. No, oh, that's right. Yep. That was also okay. Yeah, so you had to specifically have an, a list that had Iris 2 in it that could deal with body and soul and could deal with whatever else you needed Iris 2 in there for. Because Iris 2 was like the linchpin of so many lists. She was a huge deal. Because uh, she used to just shoot anything she shot, upkeeps just were removed from it immediately. 
Um, so she was extremely common in uh, any faction that could take her. So, you yep. know, Signar. Um, so that was the first step. And, and the reason that this was especially nasty is she had, like, Nightmare on the AD line. Uh, and um, I believe Deathjack was in that Team Force. He was also up on the AD line. Yeah. And she had uh, Hellmouth. <laughs> And so she had things like Deathjack that could move up and Hellmouth anywhere. If you, if you got a six inch advance before your turn started, like he could reach anything. Yep. And that's um, the least impactful yeah. thing that you and, could do with that. Right. And Nightmare had Prey and Prey used Which, to give you plus two inches of movement. Yep. <laughs> so she would, and pl- that and Hellmouth meant like you were in serious danger of just getting assassinated bottom of one. If you and moved. that's still not the dumbest thing you could do with it. That's the dumbest, Jaden. The, the dumbest thing is just feeding on your opponent's army that couldn't shake Shadowbind because it was Mark oh, two. No, okay, so I'm talking about pursuit. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, the dumbest thing you could do well, is yeah, yeah moving, if, you're, moving if your opponent Negra. moved it. Yeah, you moved to Negra. Yeah. And you lock them in like almost in their deployment zone. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Unshakable. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first thing about counterplay. The only counterplay to this ability was either, one, to have one of the very specific subset of models that could remove upkeeps, or two, just don't move something the entire game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I left uh, Megalith in my deployment zone multiple times and just never moved him. And he was just well, shut out of the game. It's really, it's really funny. Iris two specifically, because you put pursuit on her, yeah, she you can't shoot her. herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so she could just turn into a turret the whole game. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, that was the that was the tech. Is if if they had Iris, you just put pursuit on her because it was the only place it couldn't be removed from. <laughs> um, which it's not like incredibly effective, but it's it, it was just kind of a funny like okay, Iris is now just like a stationary turret. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the first part of the, of the no counterplay was there's just you just had these upkeeps on you. There was nothing you could do about it. Um, the other thing was that Denegar herself had a inbuilt, incredibly big issue that has caused co- like changes to the core rules of the game uh, that, that were reactions to how Denegar 2 used to work. Um Denegra 2's feat used to be that all uh, enemy models in her control range immediately gained shadow bind. Um, so this is minus three defense and you cannot move. Uh, I think you can change facing. Yep. Right. Yeah. You can't move except to change face. Uh, at the time, Shadowbind was also not shakable. Yep. Sure. It wasn't the things. Yeah. This was not one of the things on the list of shakable rules. I believe it and blind both went in there at the same time. If I remember correctly. Yep. Um, cause Gorman was a gigantic monster. Uh, so yeah. Um, the thing about this is that when you had scenarios that were very, very central, very easy to score on, and you only had to get to five points, this meant that she could very easily uh, turn herself incorporeal, <laughs> which meant that guns usually couldn't shoot her, uh, walk up to, like, practically right in your face, because she pursued it upwards or something, feet, and if you... If you either, one, did not have anything already contesting most of the scenario elements, or you didn't have enough that she couldn't just kill it all, you lost the game instantly. And this was Mark II Cricks. Killing things was not hard. Yeah, yeah. Even with the models she had available, it was not difficult. And well, this is also a caster that had access to Hellmouth. Yeah, she right. doesn't even have to kill all of your things that are contesting. She could just move them. And... She was one of the most oppressive scenario casters in the 
relatively short time <laughs> that, that this theme was actually like a meta pick. Was um, it, it was like a year. It was a, long, it was a while. In Mark II, that is not very long. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about a world where Haley 2 existed for years. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah. Mark II wise, it was relatively short. And Basically, this meant that, like, and, and this is one of the things I kind of wanted to get into, is either there was little to no, if you just weren't fast, there was no counterplay. Like, if, if your list was you not fast enough, yeah, you didn't get to play the game, you were just done. Um, so there was virtually no choices you got to make whatsoever, and you had next to no impact on the end of the game. Uh, the other thing is that uh, while, even if you're faster, there is a counterplay which is that you go very fast and you fill everything with contesting models. Uh, however, this is an example of where, while there is counterplay, something having counterplay does not mean that it has good counterplay. <laughs> because this is a terrible thing to have to do. Especially because... in to Cephalix Overseers. Yeah, especially into things like Cephalix Overseers, Hellmouth, because it meant your models had to be close together to contest a lot of things. Um, so everything would just be bunched up and it would just all die. Like, you would lose everything incredibly quickly. Certain lists had the ability to handle it. They were very uncommon. <laughs> yeah. um, and they had to... It was one of those things that, like, back... I mean, this was Mark II a lot of the time. There was, like, six or seven lists at any given time that you had to build your entire pairing around. <laughs> uh, like, every time. Yeah. Man, the game feels so much better now. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it, it caused a lot of problems. And a lot of that was off the back of the fact that there was extremely little counterplay to these things. And there's a million other things I could talk about. I could talk about original Haley too, right? All of your mod all of your models in her control range had to forfeit movement or activation, and she chooses the order that they all activate in. Did, did you ever play against original Gatsby too? Because I didn't. That was before my time. I did not. Uh... I think the original was a bit before my time, but he was still absolutely disgusting. So the original one was... So the... the... The, the final one, there was a little bit of counterplay. He was just insanely good. Um, the, the original one was he kills off ten soul hunters, summons them all, they're incorporeal, and they charge your caster, you're dead. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, to be incorporeal. That's right, because they got they and changed it used to, ghost. to be large base, too. Yeah, so you could, you could get the yeah. Mad 8 cavalry. Yep. And, yeah. and excarnate bile thralls. Yeah, the old that's, excarnate that's a whole other thing. And, and Lich 2 was really interesting because he was an example of where, like, he didn't exactly have, like, the Denny 2 or Haley 2 thing where there was, like, nothing you could do. Lich kind of made it feel like you could do something. <laughs> he was just way better than you. He was just it. way better than you at everything that he was trying to do. Yeah. And yeah. so and that's where we can actually start leaning into a bit of the stuff that, that were kind of boogeymen in Mark 3, where Mark 3 has done, especially as we've gone on over the last few years and the game's evolved, has done a really good job making it so, like, there are very very few to no instances i can think of where it's like yeah there's just no counterplay to like this thing um at least there's very few um even stuff like flames and strange bedfellows which chandler hates yeah <laughs> uh right and in mark three what you see a lot more of is and this is where you know brett mentioned that it's kind of a sliding scale uh this is where when things are an issue it's usually because they lean towards the area of like kind of rough counterplay <laughs> The counterplay is there, but it's uh, not good. It feels bad. A, yeah, it feels bad to do. Like, like there are there are a number of things where, like, the counterplay, and and you'll see these, and it's part. I think part of what 
uh, kind of spurred the discussion is like there's a lot of discussions online and, and you'll see this it, an, an incredible amount of discussions about how matchups go um, kind of turn into a breakdown of understanding like good counterplay versus bad counterplay because you'll see some people try to basically argue that like if there's any counterplay it's fine yeah. and like, like oh you well do if you this just, very specific thing like right or it's like or if you just possible. run to contest it's like yes if i if my entire if i allow my entire army to die like an idiot i can survive for one extra turn right um there are like Basically, like if somebody gives you the suggestion of, well, yeah, if you just run there and if you run there and your entire army into their threat ranges, uh, you won't lose to that thing. Uh, it's not good counterplay because that means you probably lost anyway. <laughs> right. And uh, this is where we, we get into kind of like where counterplay gets very, very rough. And any any really like powerhouse part of Mark three, you can kind of point to for that. Like a, one is um, Iona. Mm-hmm. Iona was a big issue for a while, but the, the thing about her is she was definitely very much a part of like the powerful Mark III design where it was a very, you could interact quite a bit with her list for the most part. Um, you could have Just a... Back- if you messed up the counterplay, you immediately lost. Right. Yeah, and that was a lot of the problem was that the counterplay had to be constant and was very disruptive. Uh, in that basically like the big thing about Iona was always just the, the ability for the list to just any random model to kill your entire army. Right. Or you to just get assassinated by like a couple of models that could just do that. Um, and they required a very specific kind of positioning for the entire game. You, you never until Lord of the feast was dead and, both All chieftains. the mini feats were done, or the chieftains were dead. You could finally, and now you're dealing with pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> now there's few enough models on the table that pursuit is breaking your back, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was just like it, it required an incredible amount of brain power to do the required counterplay versus how difficult it was to actually apply those attacks. Alternatively, you could just play all two. Well, and yeah, so in, that, that's yeah. what was really interesting about Iona is I originally thought she was fine because I played her against a lot of really, really good, really experienced players. Yeah. Um, when I brought her into the general population, I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Right. It's yeah. When you get like the very like WTC level high end tournament players can usually keep most of what she does in mind enough to not get screwed by everything. But like, if you are not able to juggle everything she's got going on, and I do mean everything, everything it has to be like everything, because like any one part of that list could just wipe your whole list out. It was wild. Um, this is why I don't like the new Thyron feed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that there's there's definitely the, this balance of of uh, counterplay that you want. Can either of you think of just offhand? Because I've been mostly just thinking of, of bad counterplay stuff. What's a good example of like really good counter counterplay that we have in the game right now? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I've just, I've, that's yeah. not what, it's not where my brain has been for the past Arcana. like 15 Arcana's minutes. My favorite. Say again. Arcana. Yeah, Arcana is a good. Yeah. One. Okay. Sure. That's kind of good. Grimkin, in a lot of respects, are kind of designed around that idea. That's a great. Uh, Abby One's feet. Well, sorry, I want to say the reason uh, that I think Arcana is a good is a good example of counterplay is a lot down to the 
core reason why counterplay is good in that playing around it is just as fun as using it right yeah the mini game of knowing what to kill and when to bait it and which which ones they have available and which ones you can kill which things you can't kill that that makes the game better for your opponent even though it's an ability that they don't have yes and if you're very very good at playing into it it's it's an exercise but you can make it almost as if those arcana don't exist Yes. For when you're fighting Cloud Catrices. <laughs> it's completely random most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad anymore, but yeah. yeah. And still. <laughs> it's been my experience. I feel like Cloud Catrices, like screwed up so much of the counterplay around Sacrifice. Well, like, it's so, so in, hard to counterplay or to like, work around now. On Arcana is that they're not as varied as they pretend to be. Well, yeah, and that's one of the problems with it, is that they're not all as... Uh, they're not all as balanced. <laughs> There's a couple that are just clearly better in 90% of situations. Yeah. Um, it is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that is a very good example, though. Like, th these are all things that, like, you have a clear trigger. You know exactly how they activate. They're powerful. But, like, the balance of what you have to do to stop them versus how powerful they are, outside of, like, if it really gets goofed up... Um, it works pretty well. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't feel super backbreaking. Like you you can work around it, and it's got that good balance of. And that's the big thing is that is that good counterplay can make it so that powerful abilities you have are still fun for your opponent because they get to make decisions. Yeah. Countercharge is another good example of this. I think oh, countercharge is a great example. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's like, hey, you're and and that's one of the like I know a lot of people look at countercharge as like, oh, it's that gotcha, and it's like no, the way that like especially like tournament players kind of use countercharge is a very like is this the risk you want to take? Is this the move you want to make? I guess I'll rhyme that. <laughs> <Nice>. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's very much a like, oh, I could trigger countercharge because uh, then that's closer. Maybe that would be good for me, but I would also take the damage. I don't know if that's good for me. Like, that's actually a decision process you have to make. Yep. Um, unless you're fighting like Axis, and it's like, well, I'm going to get countercharged by six models. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it'll fuck up everything. Um, yeah, and countercharge is not... Uh, good counterplay when you have a pre-nerf befuddle Fiona. <laughs> then it's bullshit. <laughs> Zachary, yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's a lot of weird things like that. Like in like uh, one kind of interesting example is uh, say you have a caster with admonition on them. Mm -hmm. Doing that process of like, I'm going to try to like, I want to try to get the assassination, but I'm going to move models like into the admonition range and try to get them to use it. Like, because I if if they use it, then I'll know where they are, and I might be able to get to that. But if they know that that's what I'm trying to do, then they're not going to use it, and they're going to wait till the right model. And that's kind of a process of both of you sort of counterplaying each other's movements based off a spell, which is admonition. Now, admonition yep. can get to a point where there's no counterplay, but that's usually pretty late game. Yeah. Uh, when there's just nothing. And it's like an example of uh, admonition counterplay is running models around to uh, like trap models in. so it can't move. Yeah. My, my favorite time that I've ever... Um been gotcha like well been got i was playing the admonition minigame so i admonition on my caster and he's like all right i got this unit of like pretty high pumped up guys that's gonna come in at you and i was like okay he's like charge the first one admonition i'm like no i'm good charge the second one admonition i'm like no i'm good and i've done the math and he needs six guys to get to the 50 percent mark on me and if he gets the six in i can admonition to a spot where he only gets to make like two attacks and i'm fine um and so on the fifth guy is like admonition. I'm like, 
nope. And he's like, okay, the rest of the unit doesn't do anything. I'm like, oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. And, then, and then he proceeds to roll slightly above average, and I lose my caster. And it's like, right, it's like, well, well I could have just not given him the chance at all, but instead yeah. I got, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is, is the fact that like you remember that that's that's a fun part of the game. And, and you were and those are memorable. You're like, oh, I remember that time I got outplayed, honestly, yep. just as much as I remember the times that I played somebody else. Like, I, I think it's a lot of fun and I think it's really interesting. And I always like I will sit down. You will sit down and watch me visibly laugh my ass off if you pull some like serious bullshit on me that I didn't expect. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's well, that's the, that's what we look for in this game. That's the fun part to us. Yeah. Is when someone outplays yeah. the shit out of us. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I want to use that now. You're like, I'm gonna do that <laughs> yeah. next time. Yeah, like get excited about it. And and th- this is that's part of what's so great about War Machine is it allows those moments a lot yeah. of just like really outplaying the other person. And, and yeah, there are definitely matchups that are like skewed, but and, it, and it's also it also makes War Machine more fun because you can make way ridiculously more powerful abilities. Yeah. 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 Like like I'm trying to think of complete not oh like like the damage output of the bronze back titan is just Completely it's it's comical, right? But yeah, yeah but there's so much counterplay to dealing with it, right? Yeah. Like, there's so many ways you can get it because it's very slow and it's very much just kind of a big, large base that isn't uh, super tanky unless you like do something to help it. It um, also has counter charge. It also does have counter charge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but in it, but it means like like when a bronze back gets into your colossal, even you get kind of excited because you're just like. Oh, is this thing gonna wreck the whole color? I want to watch this guy just just go to town on this thing because bronzebacks are cool. Everybody wants bronzebacks to charge stuff because they do so much work and they do it so many attacks and they're great, but they they usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> they usually have a hard time doing that, and that's fine. You know, I, I think that's that makes them interesting. Now it can be. Yeah, you definitely they they ride that line really hard of like, is there too much counterplay where something actually becomes kind of useless? Um, which is the the horrible thing that the game devs are forced to deal with at all times, right? Um, yeah, and and so like in in one example, this is the one that that again, like as we mentioned, kind of spurred this was some of the earlier versions in the CID of Falseer that we saw, where you had a character that when she was put on the table, she and this is this this is I think part of why I started thinking of Body and Soul because it reminded me of it, in that you get all these effects that you just put all over the enemy army, and they can't do anything about it. There's right. nothing you can do. And you have all these negative effects you can put on them. And the thing is, I understand what they're going for. And it's very thematic and very interesting. And this is where you have to have that that game dev you know, fight of, this is a very thematic and very interesting, very cool rule. Uh, are we okay with the lack of counterplay that it creates? And I think the, the, like the week three form over that we're seeing is kind of them saying, we're not okay with that <laughs> right well, and, and so so the week one it was they just appear uh at the beginning of the game and a lot of them appear at the beginning of the game um mm-hmm. week two it was a spell uh for a while it was a channelable channelable spell um but like again that's um that's like yes you can play around it except there's a six point or eight point arc node that runs extremely far it is yeah. nearly possible to engage yeah yeah and then right. week two they it's, changed it so yeah, no they, longer no longer um channelable which i don't know maybe too far maybe not. There. <laughs> yeah but also like yeah it, once we get into week three here she like that spell 
is not there, but instead it's a, a series of abilities that rely on her being up the table and you moving up to that, right? Like it's, there are, there are things, there's decisions you get to make. And that's kind of the big thing. Um, now, some of these are like, let's say like once per turn, uh, F, like enemy model advances and ends in your control range, you can put a bounty token. It's a 14 inch control range and she's pretty survivable. Yeah, there's not a ton of counterplay around that, but like one token per turn, it's not so powerful that the lower amount of counterplay is a huge deal. Um, at least I don't believe so. Right. And you can do things like try to force your opponent to put the token on the thing that you want them to put it on instead right. of the thing that you don't want them it, to put it on. It's the admonition thing a little bit of like, oh, I'm yeah. going to move this. It makes, it, it makes it feel like Arcana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you'll do that thing where you're like, I know this is the model she wants it on, so I'm going to move everything else. And then that model's just not going to move. And it's like, yeah. oh, now I don't get to put any tokens out this turn. Like there's there's decisions to make there, right? Uh, there's a risk versus reward that you're kind of playing around with. And that kind of stuff is a lot of what makes the game good <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you find a point on it. But good, <laughs> yeah. it's good. Um. Yeah, it, it's just it. It allows for a lot more skillful plays. It allows people to kind of um, to uh, um, show the 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 skills that they've learned and their their intuition with the game and and things like that. Um. I think we also have in here. So you had on. We have our little notes. Uh, you have examples of abilities with and without counterplay. Um, you have terrain on here. What? Oh, I, yeah. I think I meant like, um, like Rockwall. Uh, like oh, sure. They're, yeah. Because there's it that it doesn't look that powerful. It's, yeah, powerful. Rockwall's a good example. I mean, that's kind of like Rockwall and TK both, right? Really good yeah. examples of like these are incredibly uh benign looking spells yeah. <laughs> to, to somebody who's like newer uh that you don't realize how strong and rockwall yeah it's an incredibly strong spell and and i think a lot of people look at rockwall and you're like oh it's a good way to get cover or get that plus two inch or plus two melee thing or maybe i'll put it in front of something that doesn't have pathfinder um but like boy when you start realizing that uh things can't stand on places that have a rockwall Yep. That's where and that you, spell starts going really off the rails. It's like you can't attack it down. You can't, like... Yeah, and uh, it can't, it can't be purified. You can't be... Yeah, there's nothing you well, can really purified. do. Purified well, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. But, like, that's, repudiate well, doesn't work. Like, you can't target exactly. anything. Yeah. yeah. Hex blast doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It, it, and then also terrain on the table. Um, sometimes it makes the game way better because you can set up like these positions that your opponent has to figure out. So this is actually, this is something I learned from infinity. Um, the thing I love about infinity is that the, the rules don't make a lot of the counterplay. It's solving the puzzle on the table. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. like how do you reach this thing that has ghostly and hiding behind a building? How do you, you know, um, like how do you how do you attack that thing that has tree walker and is in a forest like like solving or alternatively how do you mitigate what it can do to you right yeah that reminds me of there's infinity game i played that because uh, like 99 percent of infinity games are going to be played on these like really like vertical tables like absolutely covered in buildings um but i played one that was on like a it was like a um it wasn't like a flat table it was like a table that had like shape to it and it had almost two like mountains, like one on each corner, kind of. God. And we, but both me and my opponent had like a sniper fire team. Oh, geez. and so we hunkered down on top of it with like a ton of cover on top of the mountains too. So we like hunkered down on those, and then it was just like this like 
this kill valley in the middle where the whole like the objectives all were Mm -hmm. and it was one of the things like the rules of this game are the same as every other infinity game i've ever played but i look at this table and it's totally different i was like everything about how the game works i have to throw out the window and be like how do i deal with this (laughs) and um and and that's and that's an emergent thing from counterplay yeah, it's a big part of where Infinity's terrain is, is very, very good. And so you, you do get, in some respects, a lesser amount of that with War Machine, but uh, with the, especially with the, the um, Mark III terrain rules and uh, how it works these days, it does work a lot better. Um, tables actually are a lot more relevant. Uh, yeah, and once we get um, more types of terrain, it's going to be even more. Even more yeah, relevant. that's a big thing, is our, our terrain selection is extremely minimal right now. Yeah, that's getting fixed. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we could kind of just wander around thinking of examples for some time, but mm-hmm. um, we just want to talk a little bit about how kind of counterplay works and just the fact that like. So you, yeah. So, let, I mean, but, let, yeah, it's just a, like a, how it applies to Felsir. It's like, yeah, we she, she is extremely powerful. No one's arguing that, but she's allowed to be that powerful if you can play around it. Right. Yeah, that's the important part right there. And, and play around it in more than just your opponent has to fuck up really bad. Yeah, that's not playing around it. That's uh, that's, <laughs> that's uh, something else. Yep. <laughs> something else. I don't know what it is, but it's something else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's, and so I, th- I think my my biggest kind of thing is just whenever you're like discussing power levels, especially. Um, just because something has counterplay doesn't make it fine. <laughs> uh, think about what that counterplay is and whether or not it's like it's got that balance, right? Is the counterplay reasonable for how powerful the effect is? Um, that's just a, a big, big part of the game. And honestly, it's a huge. It's like I feel like a mat, like ninety percent of how powerful something actually is is where that balance of counterplay versus power is. Yeah, it's a pretty big part of it for sure. Yeah, because like you look at. Like, even just raw stats, and people are like, wow, this is really good stats. It's like, well, those stats are uh, mitigating the amount of counterplay something has, right? Like, if something has a really long threat range, that changes the amount of counterplay that it has. If something has, like, just insane mat. um, This is where I I get to come in and whine about Strange Bedfellows. (laughs) Like, I do have a good example with this, is that it, it has an extremely long threat range, which is one way that it mitigates counterplay against it, right? The other thing is when you're playing Aurora 1, um, it all gets parry for a turn. Yeah, so the uh, most common way to deal with it. Yeah, so the, the most common way to deal with very long threat ranges is by using things like screening, uh, positioning to make it hard to reach things, stuff like that. Uh, but no, you they, they all have parry, so they ignore that. Well, it's like, uh, but surely they all die after they go in. No, no, they also have repo five. No, they also have a huge reposition, so you can't, you can't like position for a counter punch, really. Because they can be in a lot of crazy places. But surely they don't hit that hard. She doesn't bring any damage buffs. No, they hit extremely hard and very <laughs> accurately. And, <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's where that's a lot of where my issues with strange like when I whine about strange bedfellows, that's what I'm talking about. Is that it? It, it hits every angle. Like and, the and only thing it like doesn't ignore is like line of sight. <laughs> And, and even then, then it kind it of does. Has like, flight. I, mean, I mean, like you, if you're behind a forest, okay. that's something or like a <laughs> building that'll kind of work. Right. Sure. But like, that's about all you get. Yeah. <laughs> or you just have to be so resilient, but that's a list building thing. That's not counterplay. Um, 
yeah, and that's it's like a lot of my issues with that theme force is it's it's level of counterplay versus what versus my my perception of its power level, uh, of of what it's actually capable of. Um, that's fair. So, yeah. Everything I play is and I aren't artlessly like picking that or owning it or picking it up. Nope, not at all. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got gas before, but it's so I could play him in Ghost Fleet of all things. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm like, here, I'm gonna take this broken model and play it in like the most whatever place I can find. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a lot of fun though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think that's more or less what we wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Well done. We did it. We did it. Huzzah. Um, I'm going to find my ending notes because I lose them every time because <laughs> I stopped typing them into our notes forever ago and I just scroll back to old episodes every time. That's the, uh, that's the secret. I feel the like the lesson tech. here is maybe not the one that we're learning, but yes, continue. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm going to continue to do things the way I have, even though it's extremely inconvenient for me. There you go. Uh, all right, everybody. I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We talked about that uh, a little bit at the start, so I'm not going to go super into it. But if you want to check it out, patreon.com slash LOSWarmachine. It's just our tip jar. Go check it out. Um, our website is LOSWarmachine.com. You can see all the stuff we've got going on there. Phil's still posting the Great Brawl Machine articles, stuff like that. Uh, and that's been pretty good. Um, yep. yep. Uh, we also have uh, our email, which is loswarmahordes at gmail.com. You can find our Facebook, which is Line of Sight, or you can message any of us on Facebook. We're all reasonably friendly. It's true. Unless you catch us at the wrong time. Or you just message Chandler about Strange Bedfellows. Or me about Carver. <laughs> <laughs> message me about Carver. I love Carver. <laughs> My first ever tournament went was with Carver. I love Carver. Yeah. I can't believe you're still salty about that, Brett. That's hilarious. No, not that I lost to him. I just, I just hate talking about. No, it. no, I know that's, that's the article that you had to write. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, someone trolled me really hard doing that, and they were so proud of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you uh, hopefully next week. Yep. Uh, bye bye. Stay alive out there. Bye. Bye. <laughs>